Let's turn with me, if you will. I like it. Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, we'll read our primary text for this series. Verse 12, if you're there, say amen. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. But when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Last week, we kicked off our series as we're talking about uh, overcoming temptation and, and the, the fact that uh, we have all these temptations in our life, and it's, it's not fair to just chalk them up to the big few temptations, the, the drugs and the alcohol and the pornography, and if you don't have any of those, you're fine. No, no, no. There are so many temptations uh, in this world. Uh, and so we talked about four truths about temptation. If you didn't get this series... If you missed part one, I want you to make sure you get online and, and catch up with this. Number one, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. Why is this important? Because the enemy deals in guilt and shame. And if he can convince you that you've already sinned, then what he tells our mind is, you might as well go ahead and enjoy the, and enjoy the sin now. But it's not a sin to be tempted. Number two, you're never above temptation. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care how great you are. I don't care how, how, what your title is. You're never above temptation. Number three, God will never tempt you. If you say, man, the Lord's just tempting me today. No, the Lord is not tempting you. That, that's, that is your own desires and your own flesh. And number four, there's always a way out. Say, I don't know how I'm going to get around this. There's a way out. You may not like it. You might have to endure it. But there is always a way out. What's your biggest temptation? The temptation to overeat, overspend, the temptation to compare to other people? Is, is it a temptation to lust, to criticize? Is it a temper? You say, well, I don't have a weakness. How about pride? Is that your temptation? We, we tell ourselves, I'm a Christian, therefore I shouldn't be tempted by this. I shouldn't be tempted like this. I'm a Christian. Guess what? Christianity, being a Christian, doesn't mean you'll never be tempted. In fact, it guarantees that temptations are going to come your way. To be tempted is to be human. Uh, it, it doesn't mean the absence of temptation. It just means that we're declaring war against the temptations in our life, and we're refusing to give in. My encouragement to you in this series is refuse to give in. I love what Paul said here. He said, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. They're no different. One of, the, one of the traps we get ourselves into is we try to convince ourselves that our temptation is unique. Our temptation is something that no one else goes through. Oh, pastor. This is how it always starts. If you only knew. I don't need to know. Because there is no temptation in my life or yours that is different than what other people are going through. Yours is, you say, well, mine is really bad. So is someone else's. Well, mine is really unique. So is someone else's. I love what one version says. It is common to man. 
There, there is no temptation that is not common to man, meaning lots of people are dealing with it. So don't let the, the devil convince you in your mind that you're so unique, that, that, you're, that your temptation is so strong that it becomes an excuse to give in. I, uh, so to, to overcome and to battle, and I, and I want to talk to you about how to overcome temptation today, but first I, I want to show you the process of temptation. Uh, I, I, it starts like this. Temptation always starts with a thought. Just a thought. Thoughts are seeds. This is not a message on thoughts today, but thoughts are seeds, and when they grow, they grow into sin. But it starts with a thought. I was driving down the road, or I was about to leave, I'd go out of town, and uh, I've, I've been hunting for the last uh, 15, 18 years out in, in West Texas, and I always go through San Antonio. And i got to confess to you today that when I'm going around the loop there in San Antonio, there's a Krispy Kreme. Some of y'all just felt the Holy Ghost just, just came right in. <laughs> it just swept in. It started over here, and it just kind of swept this way. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a, a Krispy Kreme. I, I mean, I like all donuts, but crisp, a hot Krispy Kreme. But I'm trying to avoid them. I was, I, was going, I was on a diet, and I was trying to lose a little weight. But I was headed on this trip. And my wife mentioned something about a Krispy Kreme. Isn't there a Krispy Kreme on your way to West Texas? And the thought was dropped in my mind, just poof. And I'm like, hmm. You know, there, there, there is a Krispy Kreme. And it started as a thought. And, and, and I would like to blame her, but it was my own desires. It was my own heart, because I love Krispy Kreme, but Krispy Kreme doesn't love me. And, and so I, this, this thought dropped in my mind. And then that, hit, that became number two, which, which is imagination. I started, I started thinking about it a little bit. I mean, first thing I saw was the hot sign on in my mind. And then if you go in the store, you can see them as the, as the glaze drizzles down on top of them. And it's just running off on the, ha, ha, how many of you are imagining it right now? You just, and they're popping off that, and she'll just hold the box and let them drop right down in there. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I started imagining it. And then the, the third step was I started justifying it. Man, I've been dieting real well. I've already lost a few pounds. I deserve a Krispy Kreme. I never have donuts. I never, there's no Krispy Kreme in my town. Uh, this is when we lived in Bowen. There's no Krispy Kreme in my town. I never get them. I don't know when I'm going to get them again. I deserve a Krispy Kreme. Can I get an amen this morning? And so I started justifying the, the process of justification. I justify what I'm about to do. I deserve it. I should be allowed to because of this reason or that reason. Then number four is you make a choice. So sure enough, here I'm driving along, and I see the exit coming, and I'm fighting it because I know I shouldn't have a Krispy Kreme. And I know that I shouldn't have a Krispy Kreme for a number of reasons, one of which is I can never stop at just one. You don't have just one Krispy Kreme. You have like one box of Krispy Kremes. And I, I made this choice because I couldn't see the sign. I couldn't tell if it was on. And so I, I made this agreement with myself and the devil. I'm going to take the exit, and if the hot sign is on, I'm going to pull in. But if the hot sign is off, I'm going to keep driving. But you know, the Lord, he, he always makes a way out for you. And when I pulled in, the hot sign was off. And there was the Holy Spirit saying, keep on driving, Randon. But no, I had to push it a little step further. 
And I said, well, let me just go in. I know it's not on, but maybe they just forgot to click the button. So I went in, and I'm just standing there, right? And I'm just looking, and I'm like, obviously, the thing's not running. They're not making hot donuts. And I'm standing there, and, and I'm in this, I've already made the choice. Here I am, but I haven't sinned yet. I can see them, and I can smell them, but I haven't sinned yet. But I've already made the choice to go in, and now I'm there. And the lady is looking at me odd. She's just like, like what are you doing, you creeper? And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, don't do it, Randon. Don't do it. You're going to do it. Don't do it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. And then, and then she, the, the devil got in this lady. She, she said, sir, would you like a sample Isn't that just like the devil? Do you, you just want to sample the sin just a little bit? You know, just like, just, and so I said, um, why not? You know, I'm here. I'm here. I deserve this. And do I, so I take that, and when it hit my lips, I was done for. I was like a whole bar. <laughs> I'm the only one driving in the car. I've got a whole box of donuts rolling out, driving down the highway with my four-wheeler behind, just shoveling donuts into my face. Why? Because it started with a thought. Then I began to imagine it. For four hours, I drove down the road imagining it. Then I justified pulling over. Then I made the choice. Let me just see if the hot light is on. Boy, and when she offered me that taste, it was done. Now, it's funny when we're talking about donuts. It's funny. when, And I hear there's a Krispy Kreme in, in, in Houston. Do not tell me where it is. There's two. Don't tell me there's two. You're messing with the desires of my heart right now. Lord, I just want you. I do not want. I really want Krispy Kreme donuts, but I'm, try, I'm trying to do this fasting thing, Lord Jesus. So here's the point. It's funny, but, but what, when it's, what about when it starts like this? You're driving down the road, guys, and you see the, the, the billboard for the strip joint or for one of those restaurants you know you shouldn't go to. You don't take your wife with you when you go. I don't need to say the name of it. You know it. It starts as a thought. Then you start to imagine what, what's happening on the other side of that wall right there. There's no windows in that building. Why? What's going on on the other side? Then you start to justify it. You know, my wife's been out of town for a week, and life's been hard, and, you know. I'm sorry, is this too real right now? No? Then we make a choice. Well, let me, just, let me just go check the wings out. Before we know it, we're sinning. Let me just, let me just get on my computer and check it out just for a moment. And before we know it, we're caught up in addiction to sin. Ladies, it ain't all about men. You were watching TV. And one of those Kardashians came on with some dress, shoes, smell good stuff. You, you know you're not supposed to be spending money. You made a promise to your husband. You would not run up the credit cards one more time. But you started imagining, he would love me if I had, if I had that on. He would, he would think I was so beautiful, he would never care about how much I spent. He would forget all about the promises we made and, and what I wasn't going to spend because when I walk in sashaying around the house, that's going to be it. 
So then you start to justify, I work hard. I'm a, I'm a mother of 17 kids, and, and I'm running everywhere, and, and, and I, I deserve this. So you made the choice. Let me, just get, let, me, let me just go in the store and try it on. Let me, look at, let me look in the mirror and see what it looks like. Let me put those shoes on just for a second. Some ladies, y'all know how it works. You were all good until, until the thought hit your mind, imagination started, justification kicked in, then you made a choice to go in, and next thing you're walking out the door telling your kid, don't tell your daddy we did this. <laughs> this is the process of temptation, and it's, and it's funny, and I'm being funny, but at the same time, it is very, very real, and it can get you caught up in the web and the chains of sin before you know it. You don't, most of us don't just die right into the hard stuff. It starts with a thought, imagination, justification. We make a small choice, and it turns into a small sin, and then we're wrapped up. How many of you know I'm telling the truth this morning? Yeah. What happens in these, in these critical moments of temptation is more important than we realize because if at any one of these junctures, at any one of these places, if we could stop and take the exit, we could avoid the temptation, but we, we keep falling forward. So you know what we've got to do? We've got to decide ahead of time how we're going to fight. We've got to decide before, before we get up in the morning, this is how I'm going to fight. And, and I believe that James gives us one, a great illustration of how we should fight. He says this in chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How are you going to fight? We're going to fight, number one, by submitting to God. New Living says, humble yourselves before God. Are you submitting your life to God? Sub submission is about lordship. It's about control. It's about turning over your mission and putting it under the mission of God. What do I mean? It's about taking your plan for your life, your plan for your day, your plan for what you're going to do next, and putting it under what God wants you to do today. It's, a, it's about taking verses like the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord and making it a real thing and saying, look, I'm going to do God's way today. Not, I'm not going to go my way. I'm not going to try to fight this on my own. I'm going to do life God's way. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Here's what he's saying. There, there's two masters in your life. There's God, and then there's sin and the world and the devil. You don't even get to be your own master. You're going to serve something in your life. You know why? Because you were created to serve something. We were created to worship. We were created to serve. So if we're not serving God, we end up serving something else. And, and, and here's, what, here's what Jesus is saying. If you choose to serve the sin, you cannot serve me. But if we choose to serve God, if we make the choice, today I'm serving God. In this moment, I'm serving God. In this very instance with this situation, I'm not gonna serve sin, but I'm gonna serve God. It's, it's, it's where the whole battle starts. Today, I'm submitting my life to God. In order to submit, we have to first acknowledge the wrong. You see, uh, you, the enemy wants to tell you that you can, stand, you can sin and still serve God. But here's what Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. 
Now, I'm not telling you that if you sin once, you're out of the kingdom of God. That's not the point. But the point is we've got to always remind ourselves today, I'm submitting my life to God. And if I fall, I'm going to get back up and submit my life to God again. It's, it's the constant reminder to submit our lives to God. Don't rationalize. Don't justify. Don't, don't reduce the sin because submission to God reduces your vulnerability to temptation. It reduces your vulnerability. Remember we talked about last week that temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. If it promises satisfaction at your cost of obedience to God, it's a sin and it's a temptation. So if something is keeping me from being obedient, it's a temptation. I don't want to get caught up on the, on the ugly sins. Uh, you know, it could be as simple as this. If God tells you to get up and pray, and instead you get up and watch TV, you've just put something else above your obedience to God. If, if God tells you, you need to go to church this morning, and instead you decide, ah, I'll go next week. Today I'm going to do something else. You know what? You're putting something else in front of your obedience to God. doesn't mean you should never miss church. I, I get it. People are busy. They're, they're traveling. You're going to work. I get all that. But the point is when God is speaking to you and telling you to do something, and rather than being obedient, you go do what you want to do, you've just taken yourself out of a place of submission. You will be submitted to something. Either choose to submit your life to God or be prepared because you're going to be submitted to the world. Number two. Number two is resist the devil. But I love this. You see, many of us, we're try, we can't beat temptation because we're trying to beat temptation on our own. Notice the order. Submit yourselves to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. We get, it, we get it messed up when we're trying to resist the devil so that we can go submit to God. Let me say no to the temptations in my life. Let me overcome the sin of my life. So that, and, and then, Pastor, I'm going to come to church on Sunday. Then I'm going to get involved in a small group. Then I'm going to get involved in the dream team. Then I'm going to get involved, God, and I'm going to live for you once I've resisted the devil in my life, once I've got the sin out of my life. But it never works that way. You can't overcome temptation in your life for very long without first submitting your life to God. So we submit to him, and then we resist the devil. Then we fight against the devil. Then we fight against the enemy. Um, are, but are we, are we living our lives trying to resist without first submitting? You know, the, I, I hear, you hear all the time, or at least I used to hear growing up, and I don't really believe this anymore, but I used to hear, man, uh, don't be afraid of the devil. He's more afraid of you than you are of him. How many of you heard that in your life? I don't, I don't really believe that, and I'll tell you why. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he is like a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty afraid of a lion. I mean, you give me a gun, you put me behind a wall, Inside of a moving vehicle, I'm all good. But I'm not just walking out through the, through the, the safari with no weapons and there are lions roaming, roaming around that are hungry. Trying to resist the devil without first submitting to God is like trying to fight a lion without any weapons. It's just not very smart. Now, when I know the weapons at my disposal, when I understand what God has done for me and what he's given me, and I know how I can fight back, then I'm all right. 
But walking out and and facing the devil today, when you leave here today and temptation hits you because you know it will, you know the devil's not going to let you get down the road without tempting you with something. He can't let you wake up in the morning without tempting you with something he, because he doesn't want to let the seed of the word of God get, get root and grow in your life. So he's got to tear it out before you ever have a chance to see it grow. This is what he does. And, when, and so when he comes at you, make sure you have the weapons to fight with because without weapons, you're trying to fight a lion on your own. And that lion is trying to devour you. He's not trying to cuddle you. He's not trying to get you to pet him. He is not your dog or your cat. He is a lion. Sin is not trying to be your friend. Sin is trying to destroy you. Temptation is trying to destroy you. And, but, but we've got to understand that when we're submitted to God, all things are possible. So, Pastor, I've tried to resist the devil for so long. I've tried to resist sin for so long. I just, I just can't do it. No, with God, all things are possible. Have a... I've played softball for many, many years now, and I played for, for a good while. I played competitive level softball and loved it. And I had a team, and uh, we were really good, but one day we, we, we were short players right at the time the game was starting, and I didn't know who to call, so I called this friend of mine. Great guy, okay ball player, decent little ball player, but just not a big fella, and not, he just wasn't the greatest ball player, but he's been wanting to play with me. And so he comes out. Now, when I say he's a little guy, I don't, I don't mean to be ugly. I'm just telling you for visual purposes, he's a little fella, okay? Super guy, little fella. And that only matters in the story because in the midst of one of the games, he starts jawing back and forth with the pitcher on the other team. Pitcher had had a few. He was about done taking it from this, this guy. And the pitcher... He's standing outside the dugout right here, and the pitcher turns. I'm on the on-base box, and, and he comes walking. like I'm like, oh, man, here we go. I'm about to, here we go. I'm going to be on TV. Pastor breaks up a fight in a softball game. And, and here he comes, and I'm, he is like storming out like it's going down right now. And all of a sudden, and, and my friend, he's just, he's just running his mouth like he's going to do something. You know, he's a, he's a mouse with a microphone right now. He just, ah, ah, ah. and so he's, he's a, and, and here comes a pitcher. And he's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the pitcher just like stops. And he looks at him. And he says, that'll be enough out of you. And he walks backwards. And my friend's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you just stay out there. And he's all bouncing around. Well, what I see and what the pitcher sees that he doesn't see is that he's this little guy, but, but standing behind him is my friend who also plays for me. His name is Heavy. He's 6'5", 320, solid muscle. He's booming over him like, like, like the Incredible Hulk. And so here's the little guy in the, you know, bouncing around like he's done something, but the Incredible Hulk is behind him like, no, if you come over here, you got to mess with me too. And that pitcher was like, no, 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 no. I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't going to mess with Heavy. Heavy was the guy that everybody knew grew up fighting tough man competitions. Like that's like, you don't mess with Heavy. But, but my buddy, he didn't know. He didn't realize that there was something behind him. You know, we've got, we've got to live our life this way. Look, the devil can take you out. But when we understand that there's a God behind us that's, that's standing with us, that's bigger and stronger than the gods of this world, there is nothing in your life that can destroy you when you're living your life submitted to God. Amen? Amen. So, I don't know where I'm at on my notes. 
Number, okay, wait, I'm not done with number two yet. I love, I love what Paul says in, in verse four of this chapter. He says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We're using these mighty weapons. They have, uh, the NIV says, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have weapons at your disposal. Are you using them? What are some practical weapons? Number one, you ought to be praying regularly. I know that we're done with 21 days of prayer in January, but you should spend your life praying regularly to God. Spend a few minutes every day praying regularly. And, and number two, and I'm not going to take a long time with this, and we're going to talk about it more, but you ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, don't leave this place today without coming to see, coming down to the altar and letting us pray with you that God might fill you with the Holy Spirit. No, number three, you ought to worship. You ought to be a worshiper in your life. You know, uh, ladies, you're, you're, you're sitting in the office, and the guys come in from, from out there in the, in the field. They've been working all day, and they come in in those jeans that are tight in all the right places, and they walk in front of your desk, and they're, 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 they got just enough sweat on their brow that, you know, and, and, you, and you, you say, oh, sweet Jesus, this is, this is temptation right here. And you, the devil is telling you to look and imagine and think, and, but you don't want to. So you, so you take your headphones out, and you, you put your headphones in, right? You're like, I, I, no, I'm not going to give in to the devil today. And so you say, you, you, know, you know, these thoughts are going through your mind, but you're going to beat them. So you say, hey, Siri, play music. Y'all didn't know what I was about to play, did you? Y'all know I'm telling the truth, though. The devil's fighting you in your brain. He's putting these thoughts in your mind. You put the wrong thing on your headphones. You be like, I've been feeling fine, baby. How about you? It, but maybe we ought to actually worship, you know? Like maybe we ought to say, hey, Siri, play worship, and it goes a little something like this to overcome the enemy. That's not where we're supposed to play it. Maybe we ought to have it on our favorite worship song that helps us overcome. Maybe not on, on our favorite Beyonce song that helps us fall in. You, you, you see, there, there are practical things we can do in our lives to help us, but are we doing them? And then we come and we say, Pastor, it's just so, if you only knew, it's, it's so hard. No, when the temptation hits you, stop right there and say, you're going to have to hold a minute. Headphones in. You have no rival, God. You have no equal. Now and forever you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Right? 
What a powerful name it is. You can do something about the temptation in your life. Are you fighting? Are you fighting with the weapons that God has given us? Is it just me or did it get really hot in here a few minutes ago? Weapons. You know what? Another weapon for you. Get some help. Don't, don't fight alone. Get some help. Jo- join a small group. Talk to somebody. James said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Have you had anyone pray with you? Have you had anyone where you've gone and said, look, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. I need some accountability in my life. And more than that, I need you to pray with me because the effective prayer of a righteous man produces great and wonderful results. Get some help. Join a small group. They're right over there. You know, sin grows best in the dark. Sin grows best in the dark. The more you keep it hidden, the more the enemy is going to keep it growing in your life. But when you expose it in the light, the light of Jesus Christ drives out sin in our life. Expose it. This, you know, the word sponsor that you use in AA, it, they didn't make it up. It's, it's his principles from the word of God. Get some help. Get some accountability in your life. When you fight with the divine power, with God's weapons, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. That leads us to Number three, eliminate temptation before you even fight. Eliminate the temptation before you even fight. You can win any battle, but you know what? Some battles you shouldn't be having to fight. You shouldn't. Here's what Proverbs said, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Watch this. Don't even think about it. Not only don't do it, but don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. The NIV NIV says avoid it and do not even travel that way. Go a different way. Go a different road. Why resist the devil if you could avoid him completely in the first place? i got to be honest with you. I'm not trying to prove to the world how tough I am. When I was a kid, I was always trying to prove that I wasn't afraid of stuff, had a big ego, and I was always trying to prove myself to the world. I was scared of everything, but if you would, if you would tell me that I was scared, I would do it just to prove I wasn't scared, even though I was scared all the time. Dumb. 18. I don't know what you want me to say. But you know, as I grew up, I realized I'm fighting a lot of battles that have no business fighting if I would just avoid them in the first place. Yeah, maybe I'm strong enough to overcome them. Yes, maybe I'm strong enough to defeat the enemy. Yes, maybe I have the weapons to fight with. But why is it necessary? I I would do this for you right now, but I've already done it just a a couple of months ago in in one of our campuses. I just felt um, compelled by the Holy Spirit. I was talking on this subject, and, and I just handed my phone to my wife. I opened it up to the place, and I told her to put a code in it. And turn off everything on my phone that I don't need access to. It's not that I'm having a problem. It's not that I'm struggling. But why tempt myself? This little thing right here can get you into so much trouble. Why, 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 don't, why, why fight the battle when I can avoid the battle? So she puts a code. And I told her, I said, look, I don't even need you to remember the code. It's not necessary. Because she said, Brandon, I can't remember the code. She only has one. And it's very simple. And I said, don't put your code in. She said, well, Randon, I can't remember it. No, that's the point. Don't remember it. 
So in, in the other camps, I took my iPad, and I, and I handed it to my brother-in-law, who's, who's my best friend and one of my confidants, and I said, put your code in here. I don't want to know the code. I don't ever need to know it. <laughs> then something funny happened. <laughs> Lindsay and I were uh, signing contract on our house when we were moving here, and the lady said, let me email you the contract, and you just open up your phone and, and do it on your phone. So I go to try to open up it on my phone, and it wouldn't let me do it. I don't know what her email address was, why it was coming from there, but the blockers wouldn't let it come up. So now my face gets red, and Lindsay's like, what are you doing, Randy? Just open up. We're trying to sign, sign on my house. What are you doing? And I'm trying not to say I have blockers on my phone and then have to explain the whole thing. It didn't matter. I'm like, ma'am, so let me, let me start by this. I'm a preacher. Yes, we know you're a preacher. We're excited that you're coming to our neighborhood. Yes. Um, so in the sermon a little while back, I, I challenged all of our men to have their wives put uh, codes on their phone so they couldn't watch certain things. And I led the way. I did it right there in the middle of service. She's like, that's great. I said, I can't get your email. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. My face was red and Lindsay was just laughing at me. Um, but here's why. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm challenging every man to give your device to your spouse if you're not married, give your device to a friend and have them put a code in. You say, well, Pastor Renan, well, I, I need this and I need the access to that. You probably don't. There's another way to do it. You know what? God turned that situation of embarrassment to me with, when I was so embarrassed in a means for Lindsay and I to minister to this lady and talk to this lady about Jesus and why we do what we do. I'm, why would you do it, Pastor Renan? I'm not making any assertions about any man in this room but I'm asking you the question, why not? Why not? Amen. Why not? Why fight battles that you can avoid? I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm getting to the place in my life where I'm just, I'm, I'm busy. I got two kids. I got, you know, lots of people that, you know, lots of stuff to do, lots of things to do in my life for God. I don't have time to fight battles that I could avoid. So I'm going to eliminate temptation before it ever happens. Ladies, I was kidding with you earlier about going in the store. And, but here's the point. If you know you have a spending problem, don't go in the store. <laughs> don't say, I'm just going to go eat lunch in the mall food court area. No. Don't even take the exit for First Colony Mall. Just act like that exit doesn't exist. Delete the Amazon app from your phone. Get QVC turned off of your dish network. What battles? I'm, I'm asking you a real question now. What battles are you fighting that maybe you're winning, but you're exhausted from fighting them and you shouldn't have to fight them in the first place? Just avoid it. Just don't do it anymore. What are people going to think of me? Who cares? Who cares? What are they going to think of you when you're not falling into sin all the time? They're going to think you're pretty awesome. They're going to be asking you how you do it. And you're going to say, I've submitted my life to God. I resisted the devil. And I'm avoiding temptations in the first place. I'm not even going there. I'm not going to take the loop around San Antonio anymore. I'm going to go a different way. Because Krispy Kreme gets me every time. I don't even want to know where the Krispy Kremes are in Houston. I'm not doing it. In the name of Jesus. 
Don't, don't go there. Don't go to that place. Don't go to the restaurant. Don't go watch that movie. Don't go to that friend's house. Don't go to your favorite store. Turn off HBO. Put locks on your phone and on your computers. Eliminate the opportunity to be tempted, and you'll have to fight a whole lot less battles. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. I, I, know, I know that we're talking about temptation, and I got all up in your grill today, but it's okay. Resist, submit to God, resist the devil, eliminate temptation before you have to fight. Hebrews chapter two, and I'm closing now. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who were being tempted. You know, here's the reality about temptation. It can cause you to suffer. It can cause your marriage to suffer it can cause your confidence to suffer. It can cause your walk with God to suffer. It can cause your relationship with your kids to suffer. It can cause your business to suffer, your job to suffer. It can cause everything in your life to be suffering. This is what the enemy wants. One of the weapons of temptation is just to cause you to suffer for so long until it wears you down and wears you out and you just give in. I'm just exhausted. If you were being honest today and you're thinking about the times when you gave in to temptation, how many of them happened when you were completely exhausted? You're plenty strong enough, but you were exhausted. You were tired of fighting because temptation wants us to suffer. So we go back to the book of James, reading in the Message Bible, let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper and say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field, but hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way he'll get you on your feet. Today, I want to invite you into a life of submission to God, of resisting the devil, and of eliminating the temptations in your life. But it starts by saying yes to Jesus. I want to invite you to forgive yourself of the mistakes you've made in your life. I don't know what they are, and I don't need to know. But you know, and He knows. Some of us just need to say, I forgive you to yourself. I forgive you. You messed up. Because the devil lives and he thrives on our guilt and shame. Forgive yourself. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for just a moment. Holy Spirit, I feel you in the room right now. And you're just working. I feel a release of forgiveness right now, of people forgiving themselves. Secondly, I'm speaking to people who have been hurt by the sins of the people closest to them. I release forgiveness right now. Release forgiveness. We forgive the people who have hurt us. When they've given in to temptation, they've given in to sin. Jesus, you forgave us of our sin. So right now, we're forgiving the people in our lives. 
Lord, I'm believing that today is a fresh start. For the mistakes we've made, for the problems we've caused, for the things we've done today, today it's a fresh start. Forgiveness in our lives, forgiveness for us, forgiveness for those around us, it's empowering us. We're submitting our lives to you. And now when we resist the devil, we're fighting with our God behind us. We're not on our own. God be with us. I thank you for it right now. Lord, I'm praying for every person in this room and every person watching online to have the courage to eliminate temptations before they ever start, to go a different way, to get things out of our lives. Lord, I'm praying for men in this room to have the courage to put their own blockers on their own devices, on their own computers, Lord God. And it's not about what we've done, but it's about going around and, and eliminating problems so that the enemy can't even get in. And Lord, for those that are suffering today, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us, that you would lift us up, that you would give us strength to fight the battle again, that you would give us the strength and the courage to say no and get rid of sin in our lives. The suffering ends today, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Replace suffering with joy this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and rejoice in the Lord this morning. Stand up on your feet if you would. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to open these altars. If you need prayer ministry of any kind, there's something you're battling. You say, Pastor Ryan, I need to talk to somebody. Come find somebody. You don't have to tell the whole world, but get some help. If you need prayer ministry of any kind in your life, it doesn't matter what it is. God is here, and he wants to help you in your life. I want to bless you before you go, and then these altars will be open. Don't forget to sign up for a small group. Get some help. Get some people in your life. Have some fun. We're having a blast at our small group. Don't forget to be a part of it. Don't forget to sign up for my wife. I'm going to bless you this morning. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, and blessed going out. May the Lord bless all of your efforts with success, and may you wear his favor as a shield protecting you from every attack of the enemy. May no temptation overcome you in your life, but may the joy of the Lord be your strength. You can overcome. God bless you. These altars are open. I'll see you in small group this week.